You can be seated. So, so I'm just curious. Have you ever been in a situation where you weren't exactly sure what you were supposed to do? Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, some of you are like, I live there. <laughs> Maybe it was a new job. Uh, maybe you, you, you get to enter a new job and, and the job description wasn't quite as detailed as you, as you thought that it ought to be. Maybe it was a little bit more vague or, you know, there's one of those little catchphrases, you know, at the end and whatever else needs to be done kind of thing. Maybe, maybe you showed up for a church work day and there's a bunch of people and you know there's a lot of stuff to be done, but you're not quite sure what you're supposed to be doing or how it needs to. Does that ever happen to anybody? Yeah, it, it happens to me all the time, and I work here. Um, but you know, when it comes to church, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, w- w- when we talk about what we're, what we're supposed to be doing as a church, uh, we, we really ought to be clear. And, and, and we, we tend to make it a, a bit more complicated, I, I think, than it, than it has to be. We we tend to to, to kind of convolute it, and, and sometimes we just kind of get going along. And, and because we're going in a direction, we don't really think about you know, what it is that we're supposed to be doing. In business, there's there's a guy, and, and I can't remember if it was Jim Collins, one, one of those kind of, of business guru guys. He said there are two questions that are vital for a business to ask. And I know the church is not a business, but if it's good for a business to know what they ought to be doing, and certainly the church ought to know what we ought to be doing. And for a business, he said, there are two questions that you need to ask. One is, what is our business? The second one is, how's business? And so this morning, uh, we're going to jump into, we've been talking really, this is a series within a series, Blueprint. Uh, We've been going through 1 Timothy uh, about God's design for the church. And and so this is a little series in there. And I want us to focus on this series a, a bit more on who we are as a church. We talked about that last week, vision. Vision is who we are. Do you guys remember what that is? I, I thought about putting it in here because um, I, I want us to recite it, and then I thought, no, I'll just give them a pop quiz. So here's your pop quiz. Our vision, we're talking about who we are. We are Christ followers, committed family, and compassionate friends. Can you say that with me? Ready? Christ followers, committed family, compassionate friends. Okay, now three more join in. Ready? Christ followers, committed family, and compassionate friends. So that's who we are. And, and I, I mentioned last week that, that, that sometimes that, that if we're really honest with ourselves, we'd have to say that's really kind of who we want to be. We're not always there, but we want to be there. And so when we're talking about vision, it deals with who we are. Today, I want us to talk about mission. Now, now mission is different than vision. Vision is, is who we are, or who we want to be. Mission is what we do. And so when we're talking about mission, particularly as a church, we're talking about what is it that we are called to do. Now, we know there's a lot of things that we do, right? A lot of different ministries, a lot of different programs, a lot of different things that we do. But as a church, what is our mission? What is the one thing that we have to do in order to fulfill the mission that we've been given? And thankfully, Jesus didn't leave us with a vague job description. Uh, he, he doesn't want us as his church to show up and say, yeah, what, I, you know, I don't know what we ought to be doing, but, you know, hey, let's just make something up and, and go along. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, we'll change it. He was very specific. When, when Jesus 
talked about mission. He talked about it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And, and sometimes we leave out verse 18, but I think that's really important to include verse 18 in here. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says this, and, and, and we could camp here. We, we, we will someday. We'll just spend a whole, a whole time on verse 18 because it's big. But, but I want to mention it this morning. Verse 18, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who's in charge? Jesus. Who's creator? Jesus. John says that. John chapter 1. Then uh, Paul reemphasizes that in Colossians. Jesus is creator. Everything was made through him and by him and for him. And in him all things consist. All things hold together, right? Jesus is creator, God. Jesus is ruler. Jesus said all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I don't think that's a light thing. I think that's a big thing. Because what he tells us next stems from this. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now we've heard that. Most of us have that verse memorized. That's called, we call it the Great Commission. Uh, last week, we, we take our vision statement really from what we would call the great command, love God, love others. And so our, our, our mission statement we take from the great commission. And, and in here, I, I've heard this preached a lot of different ways, and, and I'm not one of these guys who think that I'm the only one that has it right, but I've heard a lot of people who have it wrong. So, so you may have heard this preached wrongly. Some of you, did I get your attention? Yeah. All right, pull your Bibles out, check me out. Matthew 28, verse 19, there is one command in this passage. 19 and 20, there's one command in this passage. Now, maybe you've heard that the command is to go. That is not the command that is in this passage. Did I get your attention? Good. All right. Well, let's pray. No. <laughs> the command here, it's simple. Jesus didn't make it complicated for us. He made it simple for us. We have it as two words in our English, but it's one word in the Greek, and it is to make disciples. The bottom line is this. Jesus told us to make disciples. Let that sink in just for a sec. That's one word in the Greek. We, 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 we would say disciple if we wanted to make it one word uh, in English, but that, that has a whole different connotation uh, for us these days. So, so some of you may be thinking, well, what about those other things? Well, the go therefore... Uh, if you think about what he just said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then I, I would switch the words, but they didn't ask me when they did my translation. Therefore, go, and, and go is not necessarily the command. It, it, it's, it, it's like, it, it's the, the predecessor to the command. And, and here's, the, here's the way that, that when I read this, and, and, and I think about the context. Now, Jesus is getting ready to go back to be with the Father. 
This is his last time with the disciples. He's meeting together with them, and he's giving them this great commission that, guys, this is the thing. This is the thing that you need to be doing. And, and, and here's the way that, that it comes across to me. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth, so you guys get to it. Go to it. Make disciples. Get out of here. Not, I'm not telling you guys that um, in a little bit. Uh, get out of here. Go out and make disciples. And then the others really help to qualify that. Because I know, if you're like me, I like details. Um, the, the more detailed you can be with me, uh, the, the better. Um, uh, the, the more clear, sometimes it's not so clear as I think it is when I say it. Um, but, but the more clear you can be with me, usually the better it is. And, and so Jesus gives us a little bit of detail in here. He says, go and make disciples. And, and here's another word that kind of throws us. He says, of all nations. Now, I know this is a great missions passage. But you have to understand, missions is simply evangelism somewhere else. You got that? Jesus is saying, so get out of here, go from this place, and make disciples. And that word nations is actually ethnos. It means people groups. Go make disciples of all peoples. When we read this, a lot of times we have with it, and you may have heard it preached this way, that it means that we're to go to other countries and make disciples. And we're to do that also, but that's not the gist of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying is you go from this place and you make disciples of every people group, of all peoples. Now, now for us, you know, we live in, you know, we used to call it the melting pot. I don't know that they call the United States that anymore. But it should be. But in Jerusalem, not the case. You see, there were Jews, and then there were not Jews. You know how that works? Have you ever been in the us and them categories? If you're not us, you're them. Well, well, that was them. Well, actually, they were the us, but, and then we were the them. But, but you were Jews or you were not a Jew. Is Jew and a Gentile. What's a Gentile? Somebody's not a Jew, Right? And so Jesus is telling them, this is in Jerusalem. Now, there are people there from all the nations under heaven, right? They've all come together for this, this, this week. And they're from all nations, but, but they're not just Jews. There are people there from all around. And Jesus is saying, you make disciples of all people, regardless of color, regardless of nationality. Regardless of beliefs, you make disciples of all people, cultural, racial, socioeconomical. Is that a word? Yeah, that one. Regardless of money, there you go. Make disciples of all people. And, and we would say, okay, all right, that, that makes a little bit more sense to us that we're, we're, to, we're to disciple everybody. And then he says this baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That, what that means is that, that they're not going to always be outsiders, that we want to bring them into the fellowship. And, and I know, you know, we're Baptists, so you know, we, we get hung up on a, the baptizing kind of thing, and, and, and that includes, yes, the, the immersion uh, dunking thing. But that's not all that it's talking about here. This is, this is an a inclusive thing, bringing them into the fellowship. 
And then he says something that we, we, we kind of mix up, and, and sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit ornery, it's a, it's a good southern word. My grandma used to tell me I was ornery. Um, when I'm feeling a little bit ornery, I'll misquote it and see if anybody catches it. So let's see if you can catch it. And teaching them all that I've commanded you. Did you catch it? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, teach them to do all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So here's the idea. It's really simple. I I probably made it sound more complicated than it ought to be, but it's not. We tend to make it complicated. It's not. Jesus said, make disciples. That's what you're supposed to do. Make disciples. You make disciples of all people, regardless of culture, creed, race, economic status. You bring them into the fellowship, and you teach them to do. Now, there's a difference in telling and teaching. Parents, we know this, don't we? Do as I say, not as I do. Does that work? Not at all. We teach them to do. So that's a, that's a, that's a coming alongside. What, here's the idea behind make disciples. Is that you enter into the life of that person. And I know, you know, I've been I've been in the church scene for for a long time. I met the Lord in 1982 and just jumped in, you know, you know, not feet first, head first, man. I just went right in. And so I've been in this a long time, and I know that we we have had tools for sharing the gospel, and those are all good things. But but let's don't confuse the tools with the thing. And and sometimes we we think that 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 this whole idea. That, that's going and it's getting someone to pray a prayer or it's getting someone to, to ascribe to a belief or getting someone to, to adopt you know, the, the, this set of, of uh, doctrine. That's not it at all. Jesus says, make disciples. And, and this may sound a tad heretical in Southern Baptist circles. That's right, we're getting re- you're recording this, right? So you can blackmail me if you want. Going to executive board meeting tomorrow, so. It's not about what we call evangelism. Because here's what I've seen with evangelism over the past. You get with somebody. You talk with them. You bring them to the place. Do you know this, this, and this? Will you pray this, this? And you do it, and then you leave them. And you go on your way and they go on theirs. I will tell you unequivocally, that is not what Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about get them to a point and then leave them and you go. Making disciples is entering the life of somebody. And we see that over and over in Scripture. And you walk alongside them. Listen, you cannot teach them to do all that Jesus commanded you by meeting with them on a street corner, getting them to pray a prayer, and then letting them go on their way. You enter the life. And, and, and then you walk, you walk with it through, walk through it with them. Sometimes you walk with them too through it. But, but, but you, you enter into their life, and, and it's a life-on-life kind of thing. And so when we talk about making disciples, that, that, that's why I, I want us to really get a good handle on this. 
What we're talking about is an ongoing thing, and it is not separate from leading someone to faith in Christ. It's all together. Listen, did you know that you can begin to disciple someone who doesn't know Jesus yet as their Lord and Savior? Did you know that? Well, you do now. How do you do that? Just start talking with them. Next week, we're going to talk about our, our strategy. Strategy is how do we do this? Um, but but I, I love it in Scripture. There's so many, so many places that, that, that he, here's the approach to, to, to leading people to faith in Christ. It's, hey, you come and see. Come with me. And, and let's, let's see Jesus together. You come with me, and, 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 and let's get to know Jesus together. That is discipleship. That's what it means uh, when, when Jesus, when we're talking about this, this great commission, making disciples, it's, hey, you come along with me, and together we will enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You come along with me, and together we'll learn what it means to walk with Jesus. Now, now listen, that, that will work. What doesn't work is to say, you go find out about Jesus, or, or you go walk with Jesus. Walk with me as I walk with Jesus. That's what works. Paul says that. Paul says, follow my example as I follow his example. So, so how do we put that? How, how do we phrase that in? And by the way, I would say that every church's mission should be to make disciples. That, that's pretty universal for us. But, but we all live in different contexts, and, and so the way that we say that is differently. So how do we say that here? Um, instead of just saying, make disciples, how do we phrase that here? Well, here's how I want us to phrase it. Are you guys ready? I want us to phrase it this way, that our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And that encompasses what he's talking about here in, in the Great Commission in, in verses 19 and 20, that, that we lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, it is not us, it is not we who can change them. Only Jesus can do that. We know that's true with our lives, isn't it? You can't change your heart. Have you tried? Anybody, anybody do New Year's re- resolutions? I made one this year. I resolved to have no more New Year's resolutions. And I kept it. <laughs> because we, we just can't. Man, we try. But, but only Jesus can change a heart, right? And so I have a relationship with them, but the relationship that's most important is they have a relationship with Jesus Christ and a real relationship so that he changes their lives. And, and I, I lead, we, we say lead, but, but really... We walk along with them in that. And, and I know, if you're like me, I like like three steps because I can remember threes. Five steps are okay. I can add two on there if I work at it hard. And, and we, want, we want like a little three-step program. We do this, 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 and we turn them loose and they're gone. That's not what it looks like to make disciples. That it's a life-on-life kind of thing, and it's a continual thing. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, who wrote about half of the New Testament, spent three years being discipled after he came to faith in Christ? Three years? Did you know that? 
this really cool guy named Barnabas, whose name means encourager, that's awesome, um, spent three years discipling Paul, mainly because no one else wanted to be around Paul. <laughs> um, Barnabas was a brave guy. And after three years, Barnabas said, hey, this is the real deal. But three years he spent discipling Paul. Who, by the way, um, you know, pretty well had the Bible memorized. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, probably in the ruling council. So, so here's what I'm saying. Our mission is to make disciples. The way that, the way that we phrase that is, Lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Does that ever quit? No. I met the Lord in 1982. 36 years, is my math right? Yeah, just last July. Um, some of you pull your phones out. We don't know how to think anymore. We have to look on our phones. And if, if my life is not being changed because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, something's wrong. I'm not done. You guys look at me. You know I'm not done. You know God's not finished with me. And so no matter where you are, maybe it's someone who hasn't yet come to faith in Christ. What do we want? We want to lead them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We want to introduce them to Jesus. We want to teach them to do what Jesus commanded, and that is life on life together with us so that Jesus can change them from the inside out. Somebody who's been a Christian for 10 years, what do we want for them? We want them to be in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't want to be the same tomorrow as I am today. And, and, and hopefully, I'm not the same today as I was yesterday, and certainly not as I was last week or last month. I want him to continue to change. And that's what we want. That's what it means to be in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That, listen. We have the opportunity to have a relationship with an infinite God. Are we ever going to explore all of who he is? Not if he's infinite. And he's going to continue to work in our hearts and he's going to continue to change us. And that's what we want. And, and so that, that, that little, that one word in Greek, make disciples, we, we have two words in English, but to disciple, that's what it's talking about, to, to walk with them through that. And everything we do as a church, everything we do should support this mission. Some of you are going, even turning the heater on when it's, cold yep even opening the doors yep even cutting the grass yep even putting out the weed killer killer wow that was east texas accent right there um everything we do we cannot forget that our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with jesus christ it's not about sharpening pencils, although sometimes we have to sharpen pencils to accomplish that mission. It's not about putting up a playground, although sometimes we, we, we use the playground as a tool to help lead young children into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything we do should point to this. Everything we do should support this. 
And that's important to remember because sometimes I know I'm like this. I just kind of get into the routine. I come in, I turn the lights on. Well, okay, sometimes I turn the coffee on before I turn the lights on. But um, it, yeah, I, I come in and I, and I got my routine and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And, and if we're not careful, then we get involved in a routine and we forget why we're doing what we're doing. And then what we're doing becomes the thing instead of the why becoming the thing. So let me, let, let's see if we can say this together. I'll say it for you and then it's up there so you can, most of you can read. Um, even the ones from Arkansas. <laughs> I said that one time when we had a guest. If we are a guest from Arkansas, we know Lorraine can read. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about you, I'm picking on my brother over here. So let's read this together. Are you ready? Our mission is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Can we say that again? Lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about what He can do in their life. But for whatever reason, God chose to use us to partner with Him in the gospel. He just did. That's his plan. What if it doesn't work? That's his plan. <laughs> he chose to use us to be able to take the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ into the hearts and lives of the people around us. And sometimes we're pretty bad at it. But I think we can be a whole lot better at it if we remember that's why we're here. Did you know of the purposes of the church, the purpose-driven church? I don't know if y'all read that years ago, um, back when I had hair. I didn't really, but um, of the five purposes, there's one that we cannot do in heaven. All the rest we can do in heaven. We cannot lead people to faith in Christ in heaven. That's why we're here. That's why he's waiting to come back and get us. So the two questions, you remember where we started? The, the two most in, important questions for a business is, what's our business? So what is ours? It's to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Make disciples. So now let me ask you, how's business? How are we doing? Are we doing that well as a church? Are people coming to faith in Jesus Christ? Are, are we reaching out? Are, are we establishing relationships with people so that we can do what Jesus told us to do? Getting involved. I know we, we live in such a weird culture we're in these days. We're connected, but we're not really. Um, you know, we, we have a thousand Facebook friends and three of them that we actually know or something. But are we really getting involved in people's lives for the most important thing that we're here for? So that we can lead them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. How are we doing? Let me ask you a, a couple of questions um, that, that we can apply to, to, to ourselves personally. One is, are you in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? 
And, and I know uh, some of us, our response is, oh, you know what, I've, I've been a Christian for 30-some years. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, are you in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have an ongoing relationship with him that is changing you day by day? If not, can I just encourage you this morning? We, we uh, forgot to mention earlier, this is a, a Sunday that we take communion. We'll do that uh, in just a bit. But when we do... Uh, could you just use that, that time just, just to respond? We'll have a time of reflection but before we, we take communion. But use, use that time just to respond with him. And, and, and maybe you came to faith in Christ long ago. May, maybe it wasn't so long ago, but, but you've, already, you've already come to faith in Christ. And maybe, maybe your answer would be, you know what, Jesus, I'm not sure that I could say I'm in a life-changing relationship with you. You can today just say, Jesus, I, I want you to change me. I want that. I want to be in a relationship with you that shows through my life that I'm being changed. For some, maybe you've never come to faith in Christ. Maybe you're close. Maybe you've never done that. Today, you can, you can do that. As we, we, we have a time of reflection before we, we take communion, you can just say, Jesus, I want that. There's no magic prayer to pray. In, in fact, this, this is going to blow some of you away. Are you ready for this? There's nowhere I can find in Scripture where someone prays a prayer to come to faith in Christ. I know some of you are going, you don't sound very Baptist. Well, I'm biblical. You believe that is a trusting with your heart, not a knowing with your head, and you receive. So, so if you've never done that today, I would just encourage you, just, just go to him. The best prayer in the whole Bible, you want to hear what it is? It's Peter's prayer. He's walking on the water, he gets distracted, looks at the waves, and he says, Lord, save me. That's the best prayer. Lord, save me. Not theological, not big, not deep, wasn't long, wasn't flowery, but boy, was it to the point. He said, save me. Jesus did. Let me just encourage you. If you can't say that you're in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, you just, just decide today, I'm going to be. I'm going to be. And Jesus, you help me do that. You change me. And then the second one is, are you leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? Let me ask you this. When's the last time that, that you entered life and life with somebody and began, I, I know we've used these tools in the past, and we always think of it as a, you know, I've got three questions to ask you, and then, you know, we move on. But not like that. But, but that you've, you've walked alongside somebody so that you can lead them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. When's the last time? Remember the old Wolf Brand Chili commercial? Well, that's too long. <laughs> Let me encourage you today. This isn't one of those guilt. Guilt doesn't come from God ever, ever. Conviction does. Conviction brings us to him. Guilt drives us away. But, but let me encourage you today. For, for both of these questions, I can imagine that there's a single one of us in here that, that would say, you know what, I'm great on both of those. How about 
every one of us today just say, you know what, Jesus, I want a closer relationship with you. I want it to be real. I want it to be living. I want it to be vibrant. I want people around me to see the change. And I want to help other people experience that too. Let's pray. Father, you, you love us in ways that just blow my mind. Lord, we, we know, uh, God, what we deserve. <laughs> None of it's good. And yet you choose to love us anyways. And, and God, you made a way through Jesus on the cross. He took our sin and he paid the penalty for our sin. So that we could have a right relationship with you. That we could enter into life change with you. And God, sometimes we just take that for granted. And we just kind of maintain where we are. We just kind of go on our own lives. And Lord, today, we just ask that you just break in. Lord, that you, you step into the mundane. And God, that you draw us to you. And, and Lord, for some, maybe, maybe this is the beginning of a journey. Lord, if that's the case, I, I just pray that, God, you would just, uh, just give them the courage and the strength to take the first step. For others, uh, Lord, maybe the, the journey has been ongoing, but it's slowed down. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just spur us on. We would pick up the pace in our walk with you. And, Lord, for others, maybe... Maybe the question of when is the last time they were able to lead someone to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. They had to search a little bit. I pray, God, that you would just instill within us a burning desire for other people to experience Jesus the way that we do. And that, God, we do that in a way that's loving and caring and kind and compassionate just the way you are with us. Father, as we, as we prepare our hearts to take communion this morning, to, to remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us on the cross, that, that his body hung where ours should have, that, that his blood was spilled for our sin. Father, you would just use this as a time to draw us close to you. Help us to, to take that step of faith to let you use us to bring other people to faith in Christ as well. It's in his name we pray.